Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. What's up on a Friday? Good to see you. It's Mike in the morning. I am Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me. And a handful of things to talk about. we got a baseball weekend coming up. Kind of ignored it because of other news that has popped up uh, all week long, really. We've made it to Friday, and it's here. And I haven't done much talking about it at all. Uh, so we'll get into that as well as a bat flip that I saw last night that I... Uh, that I think might cross the line. I'm very pro bat flip. Like, I'm a big fan of the bat flip. Huge fan of the bat flip. And I think there was one that happened uh, last night in minor league baseball that took it one step too far. And then a bad law in Georgia that I think Ole Miss and Mississippi State and even Southern Miss can take advantage of, or at least they should, because this is awful. And I'll give you the details coming up. JP, will get you started off today. Why not? He says, Borky, good morning. Hello. Uh, um, <laughs> he's preemptively warning me that he's got some long messages coming. That's fine, man. Bring them. I, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. It's Friday, man. It's a good Friday. Weather's beautiful. Got a bunch of yard work and stuff to do this weekend. Um, Going to clean out the garage, watch a lot of baseball, hopefully cook some things. Got Mother's Day on Sunday. Like, I, I'm feeling good. So, uh, Flood flood the messages away. That's fine with me. If you guys want to comment, please, please do so. Uh, would love to hear from you uh, on Periscope or Facebook. You can find this on Facebook. Just search my name and hit um, hit the like button on my Facebook page. It's one of those. You don't have to be my friend. Uh, you can just like the page and um, watch this there. Also, YouTube, just, uh, just my name right there. Subscribe on YouTube. You can find it there. And, of course, obviously... On Twitter as well. This is also in podcast form, and the Sunday show gets uploaded on the podcast page as well. Um, Mike in the morning or Michael Borky should turn up results. So glad to see you guys this morning, and uh, and let's get started. So this weekend uh, is a, is an interesting one for me uh, because I don't think there's there like there's not much hyper excitement, right? Mississippi State's going to play a South Carolina team that. Um, while their RPI is good, it's you know it, it's just not nobody's juiced up. At least I haven't felt that around. Nobody's really juiced up about this series. And then for Ole Miss, Texas A and M is just bad, just really bad right now. So it's kind of a you know nothing that you get too excited over. Like everybody's pointing to next weekend. You know how's it going to look when they play Vanderbilt? Are they going to be able to uh, like the Gunnar Hoagland and Kumar Rocker matchup. Lighter versus Nikhazy. Like It's almost like this weekend, everybody just wants to skip it and move on to the next one. But there's still some stuff on the line here. Um, Mississippi State is better than South Carolina. I think they are pretty significantly better than South Carolina. Uh, Ole Miss handled them last weekend. They're changing their pitching rotation some. Um, Mississippi State's better in the lineup. They're better on the mound. They're better in the bullpen. It is on the road. Um 
uh, although it will be a limited crowd, it's still on the road. You're not sleeping in your own apartment bed. You're in some hotel outside of Columbia, South Carolina. So that makes it at least, you know, different for you. But it's a series that they're going to win, or at least they should win this weekend. I think losing one of these uh, or two of these three games wouldn't be the end of the world. I think that South Carolina's RPI is good enough where even if uh, somehow State slips up and loses this series, it's not going to punish them very harshly. At least I don't think so. Um, So just go there, get one. You should get two. But um, that's really it this weekend. It's a team you're better than, and and that's all you really have to do. Um, Just somehow find a way to get Tanner Allen nine (laughs) at-bats, and and you'll beat anybody. But – um, for Ole Miss, they can drop out of a regional uh, host this weekend. Um, and, and as you guys know already, we talked about it, I think yesterday or the day before, it's a top 20 thing now. We don't know if Ole Miss made that top 20 cut. Mississippi State obviously has made that top 20 cut without a doubt. They're currently number two in the RPI and top five currently national seed. Four, I think I saw in five somewhere else maybe, but they're a national seed currently right now. So they're definitely going to make the regional cut. I assume Ole Miss has with the RPI and all that stuff and their ability to put more people in their stadium and everything that comes with a bid. But I think a, a series loss this weekend will drop them out of at least that top 16. Because A&M just, they have not been it this year. And Braden Shoemake, by the way, their old shortstop, uh, play shortstop for the Mississippi Braves for whatever that's worth to you. If you live in the Jackson area, you can go see a former A&M player, I guess. But I learned that last night, so there you go. And Nick Fortes is uh, catching for Pensacola, who is in town. Um, I might try to go check them out this weekend. We will uh, we will see. But I think Ole Miss can drop out of a regional host with a loss this weekend. So because of the four series losses in a row, every weekend is pretty critical for them moving forward. Um, and it starts with this one, but it's a team that they're better than. It's a series they should win, although it's on the road, and they got to have it because I think I think that losing this series will drop them out of a host. So that's kind of what's on the line this weekend. Um, of course, on Sunday, I will be able to actually see the games, and, and we'll talk about that more with you on Sunday. Uh, but for now, I think that's really what's on the line. I like looking at it. You guys will pick this up about me. If you haven't already, you will. Every weekend, I I like to look at mostly what's on the line. Instead of, you know, breaking down X's and O's of a football game, and I'll do that too. And there's more information available for football than there is baseball. And, you know, I watch every single game that every opponent that Ole Miss and Mississippi State play. Like, it's a little bit different. But I like doing more of, like, what's on the line. Like, what, what can you gain by winning? What do you... Um, miss out on by losing? Where does it alter your season? That kind of stuff. That's really more of how I want to look at it with you because I think you guys would prefer that over me pretending like I'm some kind of X's and O's expert and stuff like that because I'm not. I mean, I I didn't spend years playing high-level football. I'm not a coach. So that's why I avoid it. And I'll do it sometimes because I like to think I know the game pretty well. But you have some people in my business that will that have no experience coaching, didn't play past high school like most of us didn't. I didn't play past high school. Um, they will do film studies, and they never played the game. 
and haven't coached the game. And I, I can't imagine that they're doing it accurately. Now, there are some people like the, a guy that does NFL film breakdowns for the athletic, like he he's trained in it. Like he, he has um, developed that skill over years of working on it and stuff like that. I mean, there are there are even like academies now, academies, air quotes, academies where like you can go get taught like how to watch film and how to break down film and stuff. But for most of us in this business, it's just kind of crap. If we're being honest, it's just, it's just kind of crap. Um, you you see like regular beat reporters doing the Sunday film study and you read it and you're like, man, you don't know what you're talking to. You don't know what you're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. So, I mean, I'm not saying that I would do better than you, but that's why I don't do like film breakdowns because I have never coached. Um, my job, I think for you is to have the conversations that you are having with other people. That's what my job is. My job is not to give you an X's and O's breakdown because I don't know what I'm looking at. Mine is to to talk with you and, and have the, those kind of conversations, like the ones that you would have over a beer with a friend. That's what really I'm supposed to be doing here. At least I think so. Um, pretending like I, I can break down how Ole Miss is going to attack Louisville's cover two defense. Like I kind of have an idea of what all of that is. But if I sat down and broke it down in X's and O's and then showed Lane Kiffin, he'd laugh at me. So I, I don't go down that road very often. Um, but anyway, so what's on the line this weekend for Ole Miss and Mississippi State? For State, it's simple. Just don't get swept. Uh, I think taking one, uh, even even if they lose the series, South Carolina's RPI is good enough to where I do not think it will drop them out of a national seat. Now, they get closer to the bubble, if you will, but I don't think that drops them out uh, of that. Just don't get swept. That's all you got to do. Go on the road, win one. They should win two because, like I said, they're better than South Carolina. But that's it. Uh, They're very comfortable in their postseason position right now. And that RPI for Mississippi State is excellent. Uh, And for Ole Miss, I think you have to win this series. Texas A&M is very bad. It will not be a hostile environment for you. Gunnar Hoagland is healthy. They're doing the TBA thing on Sunday, which I like, actually. See if you need to use Derek Diamond or... You know, maybe give Doherty a shot. I don't know. Um, but it's a team you're better than. Hoagland's healthy. You're hitting the baseball well. Your lineup, you seem to kind of figure it out. Um, if you want to stay on the right side of the host, go there and win two. That's what's on the line. You want to stay in the top 16, beat two Texas A&M two times this weekend. If you want to potentially drop out of that, go lose that series and make it five of six series losses. It's really that simple. Uh, really that simple this weekend. So, all right, JP, let's see what you got for me. Um, I asked a question yesterday um, about why is it that the NCAA, and we talked about this on here some, but why is it that the NCAA sends, like Southern Miss, for example, you know that Southern Miss is going to play in the Oxford or Starkville Regional. It's going to happen. The NCAA, for whatever reason, keeps everybody close-knit. This year, it's kind of an exception because of COVID. They want to limit travel distance and stuff like that. But they do this every year. I looked at their D1 regional projections, and you had Florida and Florida State playing each other because they never get to do that. And Southern Miss is going to go to either Oxford or Starkville. And Tulane is going to end up in Starkville, where they already were this year. But they're close, and so that's how they keep it that way. And I don't like it. 
I think that they should mix it up a little bit more. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, JP is asking the question out loud. Where would you want to go as a USM fan? Historically, we've never played well in Starkville. Ironically enough, USM has lost to Mississippi State in Atlanta in 2011 and Hattiesburg in 17. Eagles landed a spot in 05 and 07 in the Oxford Regional. Uh, he said, I've seen Southern Miss and Oxford, Auburn, Tuscaloosa, Baton Rouge, and Atlanta in past regional play. Wouldn't mind an appearance at the dude if revenge is, in fact, still sought for 17. I hear you. And it'd be easier for you to go for sure. Uh, I mean, you know, they announce these regionals and a week later you've got to go. And I don't know about you, JP, but I can't just pick up and travel across a few states. <laughs> you know, I, I need some planning. And so it'd be easier for uh, for folks like you to go, even though they're capping attendance for sure. He said he has to think that Southern Miss is going to be one of the higher two seeds. Absolutely, they're going to be one of the higher two seeds. Um, so pairing at a higher national seed just doesn't compute. That's true. But as I understand it, they don't do it that way after they do the 1 through 16. They basically just kind of fill how they see fit. Um, and especially this year with travel. So even though you're right that Southern Miss is going to be one of the higher ranked two seeds, like one of the better two seeds in the tournament, they still w- will possibly slap them in Starkville just because of the travel and the locale. Um, it's a shame that they do it that way. They don't do it like basketball where they seed every team in the tournament. No, they after 16, they'll just kind of fill people in uh, how they need. He said, ECU would be great, but let's pump the brakes on Louisiana Tech hosting. They've never been here before. They still need to prove it to me. There you go, my spill from a loyal listener. Thanks, JP. You're the man. Uh, glad you're with me this morning, man. Um, Zach says, interested to see if host sites' uh, announcements will lead to rotation changes for the next few weekends or if everything will be kept relatively the same. That is really interesting, uh, especially going into conference tournaments. I think because they did 20 instead of 16, you might see less of that. But I don't know. I mean, there's there's two schools of thought. There's the one that says if you are go- if you have to go to Hoover, if you have to play in the SEC tournament, you might as well go try to win it because the SEC tournament means something. And I appreciate that. I understand that line of thinking. I, I don't hate it. Because if you're going to play games, you might as well try to win them, just like bowl games. I don't hate that players opt out. I wish they wouldn't, but I understand because some of these guys, like Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore's life changed forever. He's a multimillionaire now. If he wants to have kids, uh, if he if he's got a girlfriend, if he's got a fiance, I don't know about his personal situation at all. I, I tend to try to avoid knowing about college kids and their relationships. But like, if he has a girlfriend or something like that, or if he wants to have a family or whatever, he's changed our life forever. So I don't blame him for skipping out on that bowl game. I do think, though, if, if your team is playing a game, that game matters, regardless of where it is or, or what's coming after. I think it matters. Uh, so the SEC tournament, those are real games. It's a real championship. It's a banner you get to hang in your stadium. It's a trophy you get to bring home. It's something. But if I was Vanderbilt, maybe that's not a good example. Let's use Ole Miss because Ole Miss has pitching staff problems. Mississippi State does not. Um, If I were Ole Miss right now, would I want to go to Hoover and burn up the few arms that I've got to try to win the SEC playing 
five games in five days. When I've got a regional next weekend that is far more important to me and my fans and my team. Because if you win the SEC tournament, but then get bounced in your regional the next week, nobody at all is going to give any bit of a crap about the SEC tournament. Nobody's going to care. It's, do you make a super regional? Do you make it to Omaha? Yeah, well, we won the SEC. Not one person cares. So I think from that perspective, if you know that you are going to be hosting, if you're a solid host and losing you know, two games in the SEC tournament will not knock you out of that, I'm not upset about it. I'm not extending my arms. If I'm if I'm any of these teams, unless I have to win to get in or I have to win multiple games to secure my spot, that's different, right? If you're on the outside looking in of a regional host, yeah, you go there and you try to win some games so you can host a regional. But if you're solid, if you're Mississippi State, if you're Ole Miss, if they take care of business the next three weeks, are you really going to run Hoagland out there for 110 pitches and then Taylor Broadway three times that weekend and Doug Nikhazy over 100 pitches I mean, are you really going to do that? My answer is no. I don't care if the SEC tournament, you know, you can win a championship. I don't care. I'm not burning people when regionals are the weekend after. Not doing it. Absolutely no shot. So I think you might, I mean, South Carolina won two national championships, purposefully losing at the SEC tournament. They, They went there. Ray Tanner did not care at all about the SEC tournament. Could not have cared less. He hoped they would lose. I mean, if you go back and look at some of the guys that he threw in the SEC tournament, he was trying to lose, did not want to be there. He knew he was hosting a regional. He knew that nothing that was going to happen in Hoover was going to change that. So he went there and lost on purpose so they could go home and have healthy arms for the regional next weekend. And they won two national championships back-to-back because of it. There's something to that. It's not important. I don't think winning the SEC is important. Sure, do you hang the banner? Do you have the trophy? Do you celebrate it? Absolutely. But if I know I'm a locked-in regional host, am I doing whatever it takes to win that tournament? Absolutely not. No shot. All right, I wanted to show you guys this because I am very team bat flip. I am pro bat flip. But this, I think, might be crossing the line. This is in Asheville last night. This is the Asheville Tourists, a minor league baseball team, as you can imagine. In Nashville, or excuse me, Asheville, the Asheville Tourists. It's the Nashville Sounds, right? Asheville Tourists. This is a bat flip, and I got to wait till my internet gets better because, you know, I don't have fiber yet. They're building it in the neighborhood. C Spire is, but it's not done. And so, therefore, I'm stuck with this garbage that I overpay for. All right, I think we're back. So, here we go. Um, I'm going to share that. I think this works. Okay, so here's this bat flip last night. This is uh, this is high A in Asheville, North Carolina. I think this is crossing the line. Tell me what you think. Terrible camera angle, by the way. (laughs) 
Let's watch it again. And if uh, I'll describe it to you for those of you that are listening on the podcast. But, I mean, it's funny, but. So th- this guy hits a tank bomb, and he throws the bat as, I mean, we're talking scoreboard height. For, for those of you uh, that are watching this, um, I mean, he threw it up. To, to the height of the scoreboard in the outfield. I, I mean, what is that, 20 feet probably? Just threw it up in the air as high as he could. And this is all on, on a 30-second video. We don't know what happened. Maybe the pitcher did something to him. I don't know. But I'm a big bat flip guy. I like when people pimp home runs. When you hit a home run, admire it for a second. That's fine. Um, and if you don't like it, don't give up home runs. It's that simple to me. I like that. But that, I think, was crossing the line. He threw the bat, guys. So he hit the ball, admired it for a second, and put his whole body into it and threw it straight up in the air. Prob- I mean, what? Is, I think 20 feet uh, would be a conservative estimate. probably higher than that. I think that's the line. When, when you say, when people say, well, if we start letting him flip bats, where does it end? I think that's the line right there. That's the line where, all right, we can't let, we can't have that. Pimp it, admire it, flip your bat, whatever, but don't throw it as high as you can in the air. I mean, come on. Um, it's funny, but in like a, okay, never do that again kind of way. And uh, the video's on Twitter, by the way, if uh, if you haven't seen it. The Asheville Tourist, I mean, they, they've gone viral, so I guess it worked, right? Minor league baseball team in Asheville, North Carolina, high A, and everybody's talking about him this morning, so I guess going viral is a thing. But that was that was too far to me. That is the line when you do that with a bat flip. It's too far. You should not just throw it as high as you can up in the air, letting it land wherever it lands. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And last thing for you before I send you off on the weekend. This story broke yesterday. We talked about it some on the radio show. Um, but... I spent a lot of time on the name, image, and likeness thing because uh, that interests me a lot. Uh, I, I've been a proponent of it for a while. I, I think college athletes, um, if they can vote, and in some cases, if they can drink alcohol, if they can join the military, if they can buy a house, and all I mean, they're adults, right? They're still college college kids, but they're your voting age. You're an adult. They should be allowed to benefit from their own name, image, and likeness. I I don't see why we should not let the free market decide what these guys are actually worth. In part, I think, because 99% of them uh, don't have that much value that extends beyond their scholarship. People are afraid that these players are going to be making millions of dollars, and and that's just not the case. Um, no, JP, I have no idea what was going on in the game. So so that's kind of the problem is, I mean, it, it could have been a situation where he was thrown at or whatever. I don't know. But either way, um, I think that's too much. But I've been a big proponent of name, image, and likeness. I think it's a, it's a happy medium between um, not forcing the schools to pay the players because I don't think that that should be the case. Schools like Southern Miss, for example, could not afford to pay their football team in the same way uh, that old Mr. Mississippi State could. I don't think that that is the appropriate route. I think there's value in a scholarship, and we should remember that and recognize that. 
Um, I have I've seen so many people suggest that college athletes are modern day slaves, and I think that's absurd. But that is a a thing that people say out loud, uh, and they're serious about it, which is kind of mind blowing. Um, there is great value in a scholarship. There's great value in receiving an education, and the athletes are treated pretty darn good uh, when you think about it. Free free housing. They obviously get an education that can take them a long way. Uh, they get food. They have the best training, the best facilities, all that stuff. I mean, their life is pretty good, but there are some that I think value extends beyond that scholarship, and they should be allowed to get that. I am very much a, free, uh, a proponent of the free market. Uh, I think that they should be able to engage in that. And it doesn't bother me one bit. And if you say, well, uh, that'll just make the gap between the haves and the have-nots even bigger, it cannot possibly get bigger than it is right now. I mean, Alabama gets whoever they want. It doesn't matter. If their boosters have companies that can give more in sponsorships to their players, it's not going to change anything because they already get whoever they want. It doesn't matter. The gap is already significant. Only four teams or five teams can make the college football playoff or win a championship every year. The, the gap is already insurmountably large. doesn't change a thing. So the NCAA has dragged their feet on this, and now states have taken it upon themselves, and it's a complete dumpster fire because the NCAA decided not to act. And so each individual state, has their own set of laws. Mississippi's is pretty straightforward and actually one that I'm I'm a big fan of. Although banning tobacco and alcohol, I, I don't like because that's not free. And if a 21-year-old college football player wants to be endorsed by an alcohol company, why, why should I stop him? He's of legal age. I mean, I, I don't like that part of it, but that's okay. Um, the game, the not letting them endorse or be endorsed by a casino or sports book, I, I'm okay with because for obvious reasons. Uh, Mississippi law is pretty straightforward. You can engage in the free market. The schools cannot, do not pay these players or help them facilitate these deals, but they can uh, solicit, the, solicit the services of an agent to help them negotiate and get the right contracts, deal with taxes and stuff like that. Um, but that's it. So schools can't pay them. Can't do um, tobacco, drugs, alcohol, gambling. Otherwise, y'all have at it. That's basically the law in Mississippi. It comes into effect uh, this summer, actually. That's the case for every other state that is doing this right now, except for Georgia. This broke in, uh, I think Yahoo was the one that had it first yesterday. Forgive me if I'm wrong about that, but... Uh, here's the story from Yahoo. College athletes in Georgia are now allowed to collect endorsements and sponsorships, and their schools can take a significant cut of that money if they want. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, a Republican, signed the state's new bill regulating athletes' name, image, and likeness rights on Thursday. Kemp held his signing ceremony at the University of Georgia with a bulldog backdrop in the athletic department's recruiting lounge. The symbolism was meant to be obvious for a law obstinately designed to let athletes... Uh, I not obstinately that is I can't read uh, designed to let athletes profit off their name, image and likeness rights starting on July 1st. But there's a provision in the law that allows colleges to have significant control over the athletes endorsement money. The bill that Kemp signed in the law allows schools across the state to take up to 75 percent 
of an athlete's endorsement income. That cut would be deposited into a pool for all athletes at the school and then redistributed upon athletes' graduation. How would that provision work? If the University of Georgia decided to implement the provision and take 70% of each athlete's endorsement to redistribute, a player like JT Daniels would only make $30,000 on a $100,000 endorsement agreement. The provision in the bill is restrictive and gives schools the rights to have far too much control. Okay, that's um, editorializing a little bit. But yeah, Georgia's name, image, and likeness law allows the schools to take 75% of what the players earn to redistribute it among the other athletes. So forgive me for getting political. I think you guys understand that I, I avoid it although sometimes you can't, but I avoid it. Um, I don't really have a side anymore. I'm just kind of uh, apolitical in my life. I think it all sucks. That's just me. But in this case, it's a Republican governor and a Republican legislature. At least that's what they claim that they are. And they've decided the best course of action is to take 75% of what an adult man or woman earns, away from them so it can be redistributed to people that don't earn that much. Please again tell me how Republicans can do that and still claim that that's what they are. That is is anti-Republican, that is anti-American, that is straight up socialism, wide open, spelled out for everybody to see. And I promise you, if these lawmakers, air quotes, lawmakers, were given a proposal that would take 75% of that salary, that proposal would die so fast. They would release statements about socialism and communism in America and all that. But when it comes to athletes, they're cool with it. They support it. What is it about college athletes getting some little extra money on the side that turns everybody into a freaking communist? <laughs> what is it? Why, why, would, why would you think that – who thinks this is a good idea? I mean, out of principle, this is awful. 75% of – nobody should ever have 75% of what they earn taken from them regardless of where it goes. What you earn is what you earn. If JT Daniels gets a $100,000 endorsement deal and the setter for the Georgia women's volleyball team can't get an endorsement deal, that's that's life. Welcome to life. JT Daniels is more valuable than the entire freaking volleyball program there. But I promise you, these female athletes can make a lot of money, even though they're not the football player, which is the money sport. They can do things with Instagram. I mean, is the NCAA tournament happened couple months ago, right? There are the women's players, at the top anyway, had more followers on social media than most of the men's players. That's That can turn into real money for them. Like, there's earning potential for all athletes. So just because JT Daniels would make 100 k or whatever it is, doesn't mean you take 75% of it and give it to people who earn less. That is anti-American is what that is. And alleged Republicans 
in Georgia think that that's a good idea, that that's the course of action. I do not believe that the University of Georgia will actually take 75% of their players' money because of what I'm going to say right here. Uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and anybody that has a name, image, and likeness law that is recruiting against Georgia should use this every single day. Let's Here's just a random defensive end, John Smith from Nashville, Tennessee, being recruited by Ole Miss and Georgia. He's already eliminated Tennessee because they're a dumpster fire, and he hasn't considered Vanderbilt because why would he? He likes the, the campus at Ole Miss, and he likes the one at Georgia. Every single day, if I'm Lane Kiffin, I am telling him, if you come here, you can earn as much as you want, and, and we're not going to take it. We can't. Our legislature decided that we can't. Even if we wanted to, which we don't, but we can't. What you earn, son, is what you earn, and that's it. Yes, you have to pay taxes like everybody else, and we've got a great accounting school here that uh, will get you hooked up with a professor and make sure everything for your taxes are in order, and other than that, that's your money. You get it right now. But if you go to Georgia, they can take 75% of, of what you earn. And then, after they take 75%, you still have to pay taxes on the 25% that you earn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they'll give it to other people. They'll hold it in escrow. And if you go to the NFL, they'll hold it in escrow. And you have to wait until a year after you leave school early to get that money. You know, You want to know where that won't happen? Right here at Ole Miss, right here at Mississippi State. You earn whatever you want. We won't touch it. I don't want to touch it. We won't touch it. That's all you. That's all you. You got 50,000 followers on Instagram? Go do a sponsored post tomorrow. All good, man. That's yours. And when April comes around, we'll send you up to the accounting school to make sure all your paperwork's in order. That's it. I would do it. Even though Georgia... Is not. I promise you, Georgia's not going to take money from their football players. That, that's not going to happen. Uh, Kirby Smart will not let that happen. But you can use it. Hey, they, they say that, but people make promises in recruiting all the time, man. All the time they say that they won't do something, and it ends up being the opposite. We can guarantee that you won't have any of your money taken. They can't. Zach says, I can't remember if it was you that said it or not, but I saw someone say that Mississippi schools recruiters should be sending that article. Yep, that was me. Yeah, I would send that. If I'm recruiting against Georgia for a kid, I'm sending him that article every day or referencing it every day. Because name, image, and likeness is a real thing now. It's being used. Alabama's currently using it right now and recruiting as they should. I imagine Ole Miss and Mississippi State are doing the same in their recruiting calls and stuff like that because there's only a handful of states that'll let you do it. We're one of them. Georgia, though, that's bad. That is anti-American is what that is. Taking 75% of what a player earns to redistribute it to people who aren't earning. That's that's just anti-American from alleged Republicans, too. It's just stupid. But uh, that's the end of politics talk, I promise. Uh, I don't like... Um, I don't like bringing that up because I know that isolates listeners and stuff if i give political opinions and you guys don't like them it might turn you off for me but i think you guys understand where i'm coming from here 
I think everybody can agree, either side, that taking 75% of somebody's income, not acceptable. At least I think so. All right, guys, y'all have a great weekend. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy the weather. And uh, I'll talk to you guys on Sunday morning. Y'all have a good one. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.